0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either. Y'all might fuck around and get a live episode right now. I don't know if I have time to edit before it's due. We are about to find out. If I sound tipsy, it's because I am. <laughs> I'm still in Cape Town. I may be here for longer than expected. Johannesburg is lovely. It's a lovely environment. I'm happy to experience it. We've talked previously about the, the situation with load shedding. So when I left Johannesburg on Saturday, they were in stage four of load shedding, which meant approximately four times per day, more actually like three, the power went out for two to two and a half hours at a time. Since I've been in Cape Town, it is elevated from level four to level six. So that means the power goes out from say 2 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. or 4 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. So I wake up and there's no power or in the middle of the afternoon from 12 PM to 430 PM. And then the power goes off again at 6 PM to 10 PM. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, by my math, by my math, four times three is still 12. There's only 24 hours in a day, 24 divided by two, 12, half the damn time. I ain't got no electricity. That's a problem for me. It's it's that's, that's a problem. I was fine for like a quarter of the day. No electricity. Part of it, I was sleeping. It was fine. It's not so bad when it's actually daylight because you don't need to like flip the lights. But no power means, it means I can't cook. It means I can't open the fridge because I can't let all the cold air out unless I want my food to spoil. It means I can't microwave. It means I can't turn the TV on. I have a UPS to charge my laptop and my phones and all that stuff. But it means when you take a shower, there's no hot water, which you're going to heat it with. It's becoming a nuisance. It's becoming a nuisance. And even when I was coming to this hotel, I called the hotel the night before because I didn't know if I had to pack like my UPS. It's like seven pounds. And I was like, that changes how I pack with like a random seven pounds in my suitcase. But I called the hotel and I was like, hey, like, do you have load shedding? And do I need to bring like an alternative power source in order to, you know, keep my electronics on? And the guy was like, what? And he called himself and was like, no, madam. And he was like, are you traveling from Johannesburg? And I was like, I am. And he was like, no, 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 no. We have have electricity 24-7 here. There's no load shedding specifically for the hotel. Because I came to Cape Town and I came for the art fair, which is absolutely wonderful. It very much does give. Basel energy, Basel in Miami, at least, because I've never been to like Basel and Basel or Basel in Hong Kong, although I am trying to figure out the Hong Kong situation. That's a whole separate thing. Basel in Miami is the Basel fair and then like a bunch of other fairs. Cape Town's not there yet, but what they do have, they do take over like a good, I would say the whole convention center. I don't know if there was anything left, but it was it was a good exhibition for what it lacked in. Size. In comparison to like all of the art fairs that go on in Miami, I would say that because it's in Africa, there was a significant representation of black art, black women in art. And for some people, they might be like, well, you didn't expect to see black art. I mean, you are in Africa, madams and sirs. Cape Town is white as fuck. It's like American Upper East Side white. It's like, it's like California Malibu white. Like it's white, white white, like I can be a whole black or colored. Cause that's what I'm classified as here. I could be a whole considered colored person and walk into an establishment on more than one occasion in Cape town and be the only black person in there. That's not working. Shit's weird. I'm like, am I, I am still on the continent. Am I not? I don't think that happens in Johannesburg. It hasn't, I haven't experienced it yet, but in Cape town, I've been out to several restaurants. I've been out to really cute places. When it's just me, I'm the only black person in there who's not working. And when I'm with my friends, it'll be like two other tables. It's like L.A. Me and my friends would go somewhere and it, we'd be the only black people sitting up in the restaurant. It's a table of black people, a table of Asians, a black dude with a white chick, and then everybody else is white. That's, that's kind of how it is in Cape Town. It's um It's beautiful. If Johannesburg wasn't experiencing their electricity issues, I I would be excited to go back. I'm a little, a little on the fence right now. I love everything about that city except this lack of electricity. It's, yeah. I met up with actually a bunch of people. I thought Ghana was warm and welcome. There are a ton of listeners to Ratchet and Respectable or who follow on Instagram that live in Cape Town in Johannesburg. When I was out over the weekend, when I was at the art fair, no less than seven people came up to me and was like, "Demetria?" they've been following for years. They know my whole life story. They're very invested. They're also very sweet. People love to be like, what are you doing? You want to grab lunch? You want to grab dinner? You want to do a sundowner? You want to do a nightcap? Very hospitable, very welcoming, which I, I deeply appreciate. Ghana, I fully realized, like I've I've moved and I'm on another continent. But Ghana, for whatever reason, didn't feel far. I'm a non-stop flight, ten hours, but non-stop nonetheless, like across the Atlantic. Ain't no direct flights to Johannesburg from DC. Like you could get here, it's a layover. And even if it was direct, I think there's a direct from Atlanta. It's 15 hours straight. It's a little different than 10. I say all that to say, I feel far from home here. So I'm very thankful for the folks that show up and make sure that I'm good. Also, I think it's fair to mention because of Dear Mom, people know that like, you know, I get to know a city and I I get to know the places and the people and the things and what makes it tick. And I share that with my social media and podcast audience and folks get real. (laughs) What's the word? It's not sensitive. Folks are worried. They be like, yo, Johannesburg, like it's great. South Africa is great, but we got some shit. And we need to make sure you have a good time so you don't tell people all about our shit with no balance. Because they're like, you'll see the shit, but you need to see the other side. So it's balanced. Like, we need you to have a good time. It's the same thing people in, in Ghana said, people in West Africa. I have a friend who lives in Liberia. And he was like, no, 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 no. We are invested. He was like, understand, West Africa is invested in you enjoying this experience. Because if you get on your platform and you tell people you had a shit time, people will stop coming. Like, people are coming because they listen to to you having a good time. If you tell them it ain't shit, they are not going to come no more. And that's a problem for us. And I was like, you think so? And he was like, I think so. So, but I'm having a beautiful time here. Did we talk about why I'm tipsy? I went to table mountain today, which I did last time I was here. It was very, it was a great experience. The last time I did it, I was with my redacted, let's not even give him a title. Red, everybody knows who redacted is at this point. And so it's just kind of weird being in Cape Town because I'm doing things that I did 10 years ago and I did with him. And so he's just very much in my forethought in a way that he usually isn't. I usually don't, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Like I don't, I don't mean any shade for it. I just don't think about it because we've been apart for, it'll be six years in July. I mean, even with the divorce, like it was final in, in 2019, but I keep going places that We experience together. And so, like, just, you know, just as a matter of fact, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, we went here. Like, oh, yeah, we did this. Oh, yeah, we saw this. Like, it's just weird. There's probably a better word to describe it, but that's the one that pops in my head at the moment. I don't have any more depth. My depth is a little watered down by the amount of rose in my system. I was on a mountain. The views were really beautiful, and they had a cafe. And I had red wine and some sort of like yogurt pretzel thing. And combined, it was like, I don't know, $4. So I had wine there. And then I had like a whole little hike. I mean, I had the hike before I had the wine. Because we're not in America, you know? So I'm on top of a mountain. And there's no guardrails. I'm watching people, mostly white. There was like five other black people on top of the mountain. It was like a thousand people. But I'm watching people like climb out into random rocks that jut out. I don't know if it's the Atlantic Ocean or no, actually, because of where we're located. Ocean. That's the important part. I'm watching people just go stand out on rocks that are jutting out over the ocean and one wrong move. And they ask is tumbling a thousand feet down a mountain or a thousand meters, whatever. But there's no guardrails and there's no guides or security or whatever to save people from themselves. People just go and go sit on the side of the mountain, literally the side of the mountain, like it's the dock of the bay and, and drink wine and eat a sandwich and legs just sticking on the side, just swinging. And I'm like, I'm still black. I can't do all that, but I did that hike sober. I walked all over the top of the mountain. I think I tracked like three miles just on top of the mountain. It's mostly flat. But I had on Chuck, so I felt like every ridge that I walked over, um, I really do need to get hiking boots. List of things to do when I get back to Johannesburg. But I walked all over, and then the views were like really, really beautiful. And then I was like, I should have some wine. And then I had some wine. And then there's a really cute restaurant that I wanted to go to, Gorgeous George. It's actually a hotel. The restaurant on the roof is called Gigi's. So then I went up to the roof. And I had lunch because I needed to sober up. And then I got there and it was really cute. So then I had another glass of wine. And you know, I'm trying to eat well. So I didn't have carbs. I just had salad. And so salad don't really soak up wine like you think it would. Not that you thought it would. And so here we are now, me kind of tipsy taping the podcast. (sighs) I did my best. I meant to do better. I'll be fine by eight o'clock. I'm not fucked up. I could talk. I'm just worried about the editing process because it requires a bit of precision and I gotta hit a deadline. This really wasn't my finest day and hour. I didn't really think this one out as properly as I should, but it was cute on the mountain. Brittany Griner, good black news, is headed back to the WNBA. She said when she came home that she fully intended to return to the WNBA. I kind of heard her when she said it and I didn't want to be negative. And I was like, well, you know, if that's what she feels like she wants to do, I don't know what it's like to be held overseas in a Russian prison or work camp. She said she wanted to get back to the WNBA. And I read, I'm reading now on NBC News that she has re-signed with the Phoenix Mercury. It's only for one season, which is fine. Um, But the article does note that she missed the 2022 season because she was in prison, penal colony. That's the word I was looking for. She was in prison in a Russian penal colony. This says for nearly 10 months. She actually was stuck in Russia for 10 months. She wasn't in a penal colony the whole time. But I mean, prison in Russia is, is bad enough. But this NBC article notes that Two-time Olympic gold medalist. I think that's important because people are like, who gives a fuck about Brittany Griner? Like, no, 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 no. Black woman, first, foremost. That's why I care. But then also, like, she's good enough to represent our asses at the, at the Olympics. She's good enough to be a good American to represent us on the international stage. You go get her ass from Russia. Indeed. Actually, this story is from today. I heard Buzz about it earlier. But when I'm reading on NBC, confirms it today. It said a statement officially announcing the signing is expected on Tuesday. According to a source, so it's expected as of the time that this article is happening, but I think it's good to go. They do have a picture of Brittany. they said it's her second public appearance since the prisoner swap. I don't remember this one, but her hair is super short. remember she cut her hair? I know we talked about it on here. there was a picture of her with her hair cut when she was coming home either from Russia or from Dubai because the the actual swap I think happened in the UAE. And we all saw that her hair was cut. She's gotten a proper haircut. She's found a black barber. She looks cute. Her hair's growing back. And she got some product. You know, our girl was over in Russia. I don't know if they got black hair care products in Russia. Much less in Russian prison. Much more in Russian penal colony. But no, her hair looks healthy and moisturized. I wonder if she'll twist it up again. I liked her with the locks. She liked herself with the locks. She said, um... Did she cut her hair? Because remember, I was really concerned. I was like, did they go and like chop her hair off? Because that's very traumatic. Someone just chopping your hair off and changing your image and your presentation without your consent or or input. But Brittany has said that she cut her own hair because she said washing her hair where she was, it was super cold. It took forever for her hair to dry and she was getting sick because her hair was wet. And so that's why she cut it off. And I want to say she cut it all off like two weeks before she was coming home. I mean, she had no way of knowing she was getting home, but still. I'd be pissed at myself like god damn it if I just waited I could have had my hair I'm sure she has bigger things to think about though that's just me having never been locked up in a Russian penal colony or prison or held abroad for any reason something happened to my black ass y'all come get me don't leave me over here I'm very happy it's a nice place South Africa's lovely something happened y'all come get my black ass I'm just saying we have more good black news we also got some fucked up news Don Lemon been showing his ass. You know, I like the Don. Don been showing his ass. We'll get to that. Jonathan Majors. He's an Ant-Man. I ain't paid no attention to this film. I saw him on the cover of Ebony, half naked, throwing roses at the camera. Then the only thing I thought about was Creed 3. Because I know he and Michael B. Jordan are taking off most of their clothing and will be upper naked with their titties out. I was like, I feel like this is the amazing cultural moment that I need to participate in as early as possible. If I have to see it opening day, that's fine. I'm very fortunate that I'm in a country where things open the same day that they do in the Americas. So there's no delay. I can see these titties on opening night. I'm very excited. But Jonathan Majors has a bunch of stuff going on. Like he's got obviously Creed 3 and then he's got, what's the movie? He's playing a bodybuilder. I keep seeing this picture circulating. Like he's in a I'm assuming it's a ballroom because there's a chandelier in the background and he got all that big, thick body. And he has on like these little teeny tiny underwear, you know, like when men do those bodybuilding competitions, they have on like the little speedo kind of situation that looks like what he has on. Like it's very dark and dim in the bottom of the image. But if you like screenshot it and put it on your phone, you can play with the lighting and so see a little more. I was pleased with what I saw. And then he also has, which I totally forgot about this Marvel film. I'm looking at the name now, Ant-Man. He's the new villain, Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's getting good reviews, at least from black people. He's playing Kang the Conqueror. I ain't never heard of Kang the Conqueror until Jonathan Majors, but I'm excited about it. But people are saying it's a good movie and it's making a ton of money. Okay, I'm reading this on AP. It says the title is Ant-Man opens big at the box office with $104 million for Quantum Mania. It's easily the largest opening of the year so far. I mean, we're only in February, but that counts. Although it's only getting 48% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So the first Ant-Man launched with 57.2 million, and that was in 2015. And then the sequel, I've never heard of any of these. This is the first time I'm ever hearing of Ant-Man and the Wasp. The sequel, and that was 2018, and that opened with 75.8 million. All right, so Jonathan is doing good. I actually may go see it. I looked it up and it is playing over here. His titties are so beautiful. And he's in so much controversy right now. When last we spoke of him, I just because I just mentioned it, he was on the cover of Ebony and it was a beautiful cover. He had no shirt on. He was carrying some roses. It was a very gorgeous, sexy cover. I really liked it. I thought it was racy and out of the box for Ebony. I like the team that's over there. If I may speak freely, a lot of the current Ebony team is former Essence team from when I was there. I know those folks to do good work. They are continuing to do such at their new home. I liked it. I liked it lots. But Ebony put out this first cover, which everyone went crazy for. I saw the post on Ebony. I recorded it and put new music to it and put it on my page. Just on my page alone It got 170,000 views in the first day, 170,000 in the first day. I can only imagine what those numbers were for Ebony. Well-received cover. Some people were like, is this like, I don't know, Playgirl? Is it porn? I was like, do you see anybody fucking? Then it ain't porn. It's just a hot cover. Learn to love it or look away. So Ebony released a second cover. I think they wanted to capitalize on, on the goodwill and the excitement of the first cover And this one, it's still giving like pink and red Valentine's Day theme. They have Jonathan Major sitting on top of a couch and he has his legs crossed and he has on like a boot pants combo, like the boots and the pants are one whole thing. And then he has on a pink, I don't know if sweater is the right word, shawl, um, cape. It's like a pink feather-ish, lots of fabric sort of situation particularly I think what people are responding to in addition to the legs being crossed that doesn't bother me like old black men and Haitian men cross their legs all the time and they still masculine as fuck that was a non-factor to me but he has his lips pursed and a lot of people said the cover read as effeminate the emasculation of the black man which is like black people's current favorite topic a certain section of black people's favorite topic So this new version of the cover has not been getting so much love. A lot of people did not like it very much. I didn't particularly care for it. I feel like the first cover was very much targeting me in terms of like hetero black women. Here's your new heartthrob. Like y'all said, y'all like this nose. Y'all said y'all like this body. Y'all said y'all like this man. Well, here you go. He's half naked. Go forth. I felt this one was aiming at a different audience, which is fine. If the intent was maybe to make him more appealing to I just give it a general like a queer audience like that's fine queer people have money too I don't see anything wrong with engaging a queer audience targeting a queer audience because that's what the cover read as to me everybody's money is green take everybody's money is green take it while they're trying to spend it be inclusive because it's the right thing to do but also as a business everybody's money is green they're trying to spend it take it but folks been up in arms over that cover like angry mad like the, the feminization of the black man, the emasculation of the black man, like it's a, it's by design. There's an agenda. It's a conspiracy. Could there be? Yes. Are, are they using Ebony magazine covers to push it? I know. Are they using Vogue magazine covers to push it? I just, I don't think it's that deep. Cause I only mentioned Vogue cause people are still like up in arms over this Rihanna Rocky cover. It hasn't died down yet. I saw somebody did a, is, is a diagram the right word? They dissected the cover. There's a, there's something called the green line theory that was made up by some incel on YouTube, which by the way, all psychologists, everyone with actual like, you know, degrees in, in, in psychology has been like, this is some bullshit and it makes no sense. Um, but someone came up with this idea called the green line theory. And they were like, you can look at a photo of a heterosexual couple and the person who is standing straight. But if the person who you can draw like a straight vertical line is the dominant person in the relationship and the person whose line is diagonal is the submissive person in the relationship. So apparently in this Vogue cover, and I just explained to you the green theory, cause I looked up the original one, right? In this Vogue cover, actually Rihanna, Rocky, and even the baby, because they analyze the baby's body language too, are actually all on diagonal green lines that slant the same way. They've made, because Rihanna is in the forefront, whoever did this diagram gave her a solid green line, but Rocky and the baby have dotted green lines. And then they analyze like the way that they're holding... And then they analyze and it's because Rocky is said to be slouching in the photo, what they call slouching, I I thought of is cuddling into his child. Like he's literally holding his kid and kissing the child. Like he's, he's warm and nurturing to his own child on the cover of Vogue. And and they found that to be um, emasculating, submissive, um, not dominant. Although I've seen this photo, this cover with these, this green line theory diagram and somebody pointed out and she was like, they really wrote like happy baby on the photo as if like the baby being happy was problematic. Cause you know, it's a, it's a son. So maybe like, I don't know, he's not a year old. I don't know if the child can even walk yet, but apparently the child should be stoic, focused, hard. I don't know, in a leadership role but because I saw something else about the photo and they were like they have the woman leading and and the two men are following her and I was like what men I mean there's Rocky I acknowledge Rocky's manhood no problem the baby are we calling a less than one year old boy a child a baby not even a toddler a baby we're calling him a man a baby you people have gone fucking nuts I saw this really good conversation on Twitter Boyce Watkins, um, Dr. Boyce Watkins, I don't want to be disrespectful to him, um, even though he's not being very respectful of himself in this moment, knew him way back when in the Essence days and had much respect for him. He used to mostly talk about finance back in the day. I haven't really, and when I say back in the day, I mean like 2010, 2011. I I don't really kept up with him now, but he's been very vocal about this Vogue cover. And I saw that he was talking about it on Twitter and I only saw the response to a retweet. That's how I ended up going down this, this rabbit hole. But this woman and I wrote her name down cause I thought what she said was important and I didn't want to co-opt her opinion. I agree with it, but I didn't want to co-opt it and make it seem like it was my own. Her name is <laughs> at Miss Caldonia on Twitter. I have no idea what her real name is. She also goes by easy bake oven. Ignore the names because the thought is pretty profound she was responding to Boyce Watkins. And he was speaking about this cover with Rihanna and Rocky. And he said, you know, like he said something like he's supportive of his wife, but he was like, I don't ever think she would want me to act like a housewife. And what she picked up on was the same thing I did and many other women as well, or other not even women, but other, I think thinking people. And she was like, in this conversation of men speaking about Rocky's role as nurturer and supportive and someone who's perceived as submissive, just based on this, you know, captured image of a moment in time on a beach in Malibu, as if that is their whole life defined. She was like, you know, it's the disdain men have for the role of submission or being in a supportive role or being, um, an active nurturing parent. She was like, it it speaks volumes about how they think about women. And she said, it's not lost on me that men keep pushing for women to why you got to get these degrees. Why you got to get these jobs? Why you got to be independent? Why you got to make all this money? Why you got to, you know, be able to basically stand on your own too without relying on me. But they make it seem like it's a terrible, terrible thing that women have something for themselves or, or are in positions of leadership. You keep telling women, be submissive, be supportive, be a nurturer, be a mother. But then you hear men speak about the role of it all with such disdain. Like it's the most, I don't know, the worst thing that you could possibly be is be nurturing. The worst thing that you could possibly be is, is be perceived as not a leader. So like, okay, if it's terrible for you, then why is it being pushed to me, I'll tell you exactly what she said. This is uh, Miss Caldonia again. You can follow her on Twitter. I don't know the lady name. I looked it up. All she got is Miss Caldonia and Easy Bake Oven. Name aside, the girl's profound. She said, quote, The best part about this discourse has been seeing men use mom and housewife as derogatory while trying to convince women that they actually respect those roles and that there's something every woman should want. It's amazing. They're telling you they view it as offensive and a... Pe- They're telling you they view it as an offensive and powerless role that they would be insulted to have attributed to them, but also telling you it's your destiny and you should feel honored to take a backseat to their lives and needs. Nobody sees the jig yet. She continued, I'm pro mom and pro housewife for the girlies that desire such, but I hope to God you're not looking for it from the patron saint's of a failed patriarchy. Both roles are nothing but vulnerability, which can be a great thing with the right person. Be smart about it though. It's another woman. She responded to Miss Caldonia. She said, Ben caught the jig because they consider housework and childcare useless work because you're not contributing an income. But still they have the expectation women should give up financial independence and everything else they worked for to be A housewife. (sighs) I agree. I don't think there's anything wrong with, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a mom, with being a wife, with being a housewife, stay at home mom. If that's what you want to do. I think that's great. I just think it's absolutely insane. As these two women keep, as these two women pointed out, men have zero respect for those roles, zero. And they constantly push them on women. And they constantly push them on women as like, this is the only thing that you're good for respected it, it would be a lot easier. It would, and if you actually respected the role, it would be a lot easier to, to... And if you actually respected the roles, if you actually respected the work that those... The, if you actually respected the work that those titles come with, the nonstop, constant, never-ending work that those titles come with, it could be palpable. But just listening to men, like... And it's not just this week. It's a it's, it constant... 'Cause it's like, no, you stay home, you do kids, you do nurturing, you do, you know, this the minutiae of supporting our lives. Not just our of supporting our actual lives. But the mere suggestion that, like, okay, it's such important work, you do it. Fuck no. What am I, a bitch? (gasps) Sir, you're saying the quiet part out loud. Speaking of quiet parts out loud, I can't believe he fumbled this shit so bad. Don Lemon We're still in February. This is his second fuck up for the month. He's been removed from the airwaves twice. Earlier this month, we spoke about it briefly. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give Don the benefit of the doubt because I like the Don. I realize he's in a tough position right now. Don and Chris had CNN nights on lock for years. And Chris, did we talk about Chris? Talking about he had to leave CNN because he was like really upset. And he was like, I wanted to kill everybody. And I was like, sir, you letting your white man out. We thought Chris was down for the cause. We talked talk about Chris like, oh, Chris can come to the cookouts. Chris is down for the cause. Chris likes the black people. Then Chris, I don't know what made him start talking. He went on Scar Mucci? Was that his name? Yeah, I know I can't pronounce shit. He was like the press secretary for like, I want to say like a week. I don't, did he last a whole week? It might've been four days, but he was under Trump. He was in and then he was out, but he rode that wave though. He has his own podcast and he had Chris little brother Cuomo he had Chris go on the podcast and Chris is still suing CNN he says he was wrongfully terminated I am going to say he's suing him for 60 million and I was like sir did you not harass women at work and be a whole journalist with the ethical issue because you was trying to advise your brother which I understand it's your brother but you're also reporting stuff around your brother it was a moral ethical issue but I was like you 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 suing CNN for what but he is but he went on scaramucci's podcast and was talking about he was so angry he wanted to kill everyone and i was like what what is it what white people get like some like you do some shit and have to pay the consequences for the shit you did and just to be clear i'm not advocating for suicide but what i'm definitely not advocating even more so than that is homicide sir if you really mu- if you really want to go if that's really what you just decide you must do you could take yourself ain't no reason to take other people with you Talking about you wanting to kill everybody. What you trying to do, a mass shooting up at CNN? Sir, no. It would be just my luck to be called into the office on air one day. Chris Cuomo done going fucking crazy and want to shoot up the building like a postal worker. Sir. Sir. That's not the point, though. We supposed to be talking about Don. But Don and Chris, they had CNN nights on lock. Chris, you know, went the way of the wind. Don was doing CNN nights by himself. There was a shakeup at CNN. Cause remember Chris was like, if I go down, everybody goes with me and some real Nino Brown on the stand type shit and started, Chris started spilling all the tea and then the head of CNN got fired cause he was having, I don't know if it was an affair. I think he was just having relations with the subordinate. And so everybody had to go and they got a new president. The new president came in and was like, yeah, I don't like the way things are being done. I don't want Dawn doing nights anymore. I want Dawn on the morning show. Now everybody know anything about Dawn limit. Dawn is made for the evening. Don is not a morning person and it's not a bad thing. I'm not a morning person. I'm I'm, I'm better for your evenings. I understand. I don't mean that it's no kind of like sideways. Just Don is not good for Don is not good for mornings. So I knew, and I hope Don knew. I thought Don knew that when they took him off the evenings and put him in the mornings, I was like, bro, you need to start looking for a new job. Cause you're not going to be a CNN much longer. They are trying to put you out. Cause they know you're going to fail in the morning. Don being the non morning person that he is earlier this month he said some crazy shit he made um what's the girl caitlin i like caitlin brown hair great reporter she was a white house correspondent they pulled her out the field they put him on in the mornings with dawn dawn said some crazy shit to her made the girl cry she went and ran to hr she is she white too the black man made me cry they pulled dawn off the air for a day I told him to get himself together think about the words that come out of his mouth okay I would have taken that as a warning. They done took my show at night. They done put me on in the morning doing some shit that they know I ain't suited for that. I know I ain't suited for. I would like to think that either he knew this or someone close to him. He got no publicist. He got no friends. He got a husband, don't he? I would like to think that somebody said to him like, Hey Don, like your, your days are numbered. You need to start looking for work. Cause this ain't going to be it. So he made the white girl cry. They pulled him off the air. Don got on TV the other day. They were talking about, she goes by Nikki Haley. She might've changed her name to Nikki, but what her mama call her is I'm looking up her name now. Nikki Haley's real name, not Nikita. I'm sorry, Nimarata Nimrata, Ren... is it Rendwaha? R-A-N-D-H-A-W-A. Haley is her married name. Her parents are from Punjab, India. Both her mom and her dad are immigrants from India. And Nimarata was born in India in 1972. She has since reinvented herself as Nikki Haley. She took her husband's last name and she announced that she was running for president as a Republican candidate. So they got to talking about this on CNN mornings with Don Lemon. He's no fan of Nikki Haley. She's not as bad as that, um, that Marjorie Green chick. But she's she's in that territory, right? Um, she but they talked about how she was running for office. She's fifty one years old, and of all the commentary that Don could give, he's like, mm, she shouldn't run. She's not qualified because she's quote because she's not quote in her prime. And so they were like, well, what is, what does that mean? He said, Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. And then he continued, a woman is considered to be in their prime in twenties and thirties and maybe forties. Dawn's co-anchor, not Caitlin, Poppy. They said their Hollywood reporters describing this. They said, Poppy was clearly rattled, but Don Lemon didn't back down. And I was like, you know what? You know what? It's kind of crazy to me, and this is why I hate intersectionality, because I think Nikki Haley is is all around kind of awful, and I think that as a Black woman, she has no respect, no interest in advocating for me, seeing me, um, definitely not advancing anything that may um benefit me. I think most of the things that she believes in are very anti-Black and anti-woman, and still. And still, because of intersectionality, because I'm black and I am a woman, I'm upset at what Don said. Because the idea that, like, Joe Biden is in his 70s. The president before him was also in his 70s. And somehow we can have a conversation about a woman in her 50s? And and the reason that you don't think that she's qualified is because she's not in her prime? She's not in her 40s? What? What? And it speaks to a larger issue, sexist issue, sexism when it comes to women is that we were just talking about this is that people want women to be housewives. You want them to be submissive. You want them to be you want them to be in service. And when they're not that it's problematic. Women being considered in their prime in their 20s, 30s and 40s is largely about their reproductive years. Um, it's not like in your forties, you, you lose your intellectual capacity. You're not someone in your seventies. You're not elderly. You're not of advanced age, but the last two presidents literally are men in their seventies. And I don't ever recall anyone saying that, oh, well, they're not in their prime. And then Trump for all his fucked upness while he was in office, like, you know, put some bleach in a needle and, and, and stick it in. Like that's how you cure COVID. No one said he says stupid shit like that because he's old. People said they said he says stupid shit like that because he's stupid. Nikki Haley is 20 plus years younger than both of the Nikki Haley is 20 plus years younger than both than than both the current president and the last president. And and Don Lemon's excuse of why she's not qualified is because she's not in her prime. She's out of her reproductive years, so she has nothing to offer you as a president. I just I can't believe Don Lemon said that and I'm just like nigga you know how many black women have been actively rooting for you and this is what you think and even if this is what you think I mean that's bad enough but like nigga you got of fucking CNN airways and said the quiet part out loud what the fuck three weeks after you were suspended for making a white lady cry at the job you say this shit on air it's not even like you said it backstage and forgot you was on a hot mic you said this shit sitting at the desk with cameras rolling Nigga, what are you doing? You trying to get fired? They gonna fuck around and fire you and be like, well, he fucked up and ethical and moral and they are not gonna pay you just like they ain't pay Chris. You gonna fuck around and not have a job and not have a payout? Sir, what are you doing? What are you thinking? I can't believe Don Lemon did that shit. I really can't. Also, too, I ain't trying to be shady. He's a man of a certain age. He's been on TV. in HD, 4K, 5K, whatever it is right now. Are you in your prime? I'm asking a question. Are you in your prime? Don Lemon looks good and Don Lemon looks good for his age. But just, you know, if we're going to talk about people's looks, like you don't look like you did 20 years ago either. I ask again, are you in your prime? You got a lot of fucking nerve. How old is Don Lemon? Don is older than 51 too. Don Limit age. I know this nigga ain't 56. I know he ain't 56. His little bestie is 52. Anderson is 51. He a whole 56 years old on CNN Airwaves trying to clown a woman for being five years younger than him. Sir, CNN suspended him for two days. They also made him apologize to his colleagues. He had to apologize to his colleagues. There was a call with CNN. He had to apologize to everyone. He said, I'm sorry. Don Lemon apology. Let me see if I can find out exactly what he said. I'm reading this on Rolling Stone from two hours ago. CNN suspended him for, what's today? Tuesday? He said this last Thursday. He was on vacation, a pre-planned vacation on Friday. I think he traveled. And then Monday, he was supposed to be back. But Monday and Tuesday, today... He wasn't on the air. He's supposed to be back tomorrow. CNN network CEO, he announced Lemon's return in an email on Monday night. He said, quote, I had a frank and meaningful conversation, end quote, with Don Lemon. And he said, Don agreed to participate in formal training as well as continuing to listen and learn. Don released an apology on Twitter. He called his comments, quote, inartful and irrelevant. He also apologized to his colleagues during an editorial meeting on Friday. He apologized while he was on vacation. He says, quote, when I make a mistake, I own it. And I own this one as well. I believe that women of any age can do whatever they set their minds to. He continued, quote, the people I am closest to in this organization are women. The people I seek counsel from most in this organization are women. You know what? I get the desire to want to take her down a peg. I do. I just don't know why he chose age over everything else. I don't know why he didn't list like the other stupid shit she said, because apparently there's been a lot. There's a story from three days ago from Washington Post. The headline is Nikki Haley uses racism as foil rather than addressing the issue with sensitivity. This 35 minutes ago, Nikki Haley declares that America is not a racist country. I remember that. That's not the first time she said that. And people were like, girl, your parents are from India. You really don't, you really trying to say America's not racist. Stop it. Stop it. Oh no. She defends Trump. I'm reading this New Yorker article. Like, okay. Yeah. She's a Trump defender. She's not like, she's not, she's not as passionate about it as some other people, but yeah, she's, she's that. Any more effective arguments in his arsenal other than attacking Nikki Haley for her age. Um, Nikki Haley ain't shit. Just for clarity, I'm not defending Nikki Haley. I'm denouncing what Don Lemon said. Um, and attacking her for her age is wrong. Even though I don't like her. Even though I don't like her. Going after for her age is is not okay. <sighs> I think Don Lemon making me sound like I'm defending A Trump apologist has pissed me off more than anything. And now I got to sit up here and reckon with intersectionality. Like I want to defend your ass as a black man. But now you done said some stupid shit about women and I am one. Now my loyalties are conflicted. And your ass was just damn wrong. It's not what I wanted to think about. We're supposed to talk about Pyre Moss. I mentioned it in last episode, but a couple of y'all were like, can you, can you follow up on that? Because that, that sounded like there was, that was going to a good place. Um, I will. I'll do it on next week's episode because we're running over today and it's 7.40 and I got to go into this writer's room at 8 p.m. This has been hotly discussed. I don't know if I need to do a, a super long rundown on it. I think I can wrap it up real quick. I think I can finish this one and get to my writer's room on time. Chloe Bailey has a new song, a new album in fact. But on this new album, I think it's on the new album, she has a song with Chris Brown. I'm just gonna leave that as a fact. When news about this is released, the girl from 3LW, the one chick whose name I don't know, I know who Adrian is, I know who Notori is. The other girl, I'm looking up her name right now because I really can't remember it for anything. Kylie Williams, real cute. Kylie Williams heard about this song with Chloe. And Chris Brown and basically had the same what the fuck that I had. And she decided to put it online. What is she up to lately? She's been in the news lately. Like we haven't heard from her in a really long time. And then all of a sudden she's everywhere. Maybe like two weeks ago, week and change ago. She was talking about like she slept with two members. Was it B2K? She slept with two guys at the same time, which, you know, everybody was grown. Everybody was consenting. She was the one telling the story. This wasn't like a Irv Gotti kind of situation where it was like, let me talk about 20 year old T for whatever reason she decided to bring this up. And now she's back in the news again, because upon hearing about Chloe and Chris and this collaboration, she blasts him on Twitter. I'm not going to say she didn't say anything that didn't cross my mind. She says, um, let him come out with his own record. So genius, so captivating that it makes us all forget He beats women. She put that in all caps. She says he can't, so he won't. So what does he do? He slowly creeps back into the mainstream by getting small nods for features on black women's merit. She added, black women who are more talented, more worthy, but give him the okay. I'm swatting the fucking air right now. Garbage. Throw up emoji. So Chris Brown heard about or saw probably Kylie's response. He takes a couple jabs. I guess she has a list. I don't really pay attention to her like that, but he says to her quote, obviously you were at the point in your life where either you are broke or broken. The fact that you think you have to speak negatively about me makes you look so lame. Your life and career must suck right now. He says, minding your business would have been best. But I guess you don't have a business or a real job that makes you financially stable. I feel more embarrassed for you and your actual maturity. I thought that was enough. I thought if she she said what she had to say as a public figure with a following, she spoke up, she doesn't like that Chris and Chloe are collaborating. she said what she had to say. Chris responds and a couple like she did a couple tweets about it. Chris responds. he has his say. okay. Then he kept going, which has always been where Chris Brown fucks up. He kept going, all caps. He says, if you're still mad at me, and now now it's no longer about Kylie. This is a general fuck you to everybody. He said, if y'all still hate me for a mistake I made as a 17-year-old, please kiss my whole entire ass. I'm fucking 33. I'm so tired of y'all running with this narrative. He said you weird ass niggas are the same ones that tune in every week to see Blueface and Krishan beat the fuck out of each other in front of the world. But that's okay. It's entertainment. All y'all can suck my dick disrespectfully. Chris Brown is complicated as fuck to talk about, kind of. Kind of. Um the first thing that stands out to me I was like, what incident is he referring to at 17? Is there an incident that we are unaware of? So he was like, you keep talking about this incident that happened at 17. Because if you're talking about the Rihanna incident, which I do believe he is, because that's the first time it was brought to the public's knowledge that there were some domestic violence issues going on. He was 19. I went back and did the math on that. Because I was like 17 because I was a journalist at the time. I was a working journalist. I was working at Essence. Like I remember extensively talking about this story in the office, perhaps on the website, in the magazine. It was, it was a huge story. And never once at the time do I remember anyone saying Chris Brown was a minor. And I also specifically remember that Rihanna was 20 and that Chris Brown was a year younger than her when they were dating. And so I was like, how, where did we get 17 from? Cause 17 wouldn't make him staunchly a minor. And it's a small issue. Like 17 and 19 is really not that big of an age gap in development. It is a difference between say high school and college, but still, and I still think 19 is young and I still think 19 is a kid, but just in the legal system, 19 makes you an adult and 17 makes you a minor. So him being like, Oh, this whole thing happened when I was 17. I think he's intentionally saying he's 17. So people think of him as like, Oh, he was a high school student. Oh, he was a kid. Oh, he wasn't an adult legally. You were, you were, um, I also think it's worth noting that, that Chris says, if you hate me for a mistake I made when I was 17, I'm not going to parse whether him beating the fuck out of Rihanna that night in the car was a mistake. I think by her account, it wasn't the first time there'd been violence in their relationship. I'm not going to parse that because as he points out, he's 33 now. And we're talking about something that happened by his math 16 years ago, by my math, 14, let's just call it an even 15. I think the issue with Chris Brown that a lot of people have is the abuse and the domestic violence. It's not like there was one incident that happened 15 years ago. It's multiple incidents over the last 15 years. Rihanna was just the first one we heard of. Like your next big girlfriend after Rihanna was Carucci and Carucci ended up filing a restraining order. I think that was for five years. She said that you beat her and you pushed her down the stairs. There's been tons of women that have accused Chris Brown of everything from abuse to rape, to attempted rape, to crazy shit. I'm not a fan of bringing up people's old shit. It's just when you get on social media and you you you, you, uh, gaslight to pretend that people are speaking about you and domestic violence as if it was this one time issue from 15 years ago, as opposed to a pattern of behavior, um, or alleged behavior I ain't trying to get sued alleged behavior over time. There's a reason people keep talking about the domestic violence. It's not just about one incident, sir. If this was something that happened 15 years ago and it was a one-time incident. And since then he had been mum, he had gone to therapy, which I think he did. He had, he had done his best to rechange his life. And there'd been no more, there'd been no other accusations or incidents over the years. I would say that it was a, it was a horrible thing that happened. It was 15 years ago, and I would say that something that he did as a 19-year-old, horrific as it is, I don't think he should be held and judged for that for the rest of his life. I wouldn't. I, ca- I can't control what other people do. But I would say that if that was a one-time incident and he had done the work publicly and privately, if if it was that one incident plus the other um, public apologies that he's attempted to make, I would say, give him grace, acknowledge what he did. Don't ignore it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't condone it. Don't pretend it's okay. But I would say 15 years, like give him grace as he was a 19 year old, not 17. Like he claims he was a 19 year old that did something stupid. And as an adult, he has worked to be a better person. I think that's fair, but I'm like, you haven't done that. You want the grace, but have you sought it? consistently because that's, that's part of it. I like, I often say like there's grace for those that seek it. It's also consistent grace. I thought that was, I thought that was the understood part, but apparently not, but consistent grace. Like what have you done to, to be better consistently over time? I'm not sure he's shown us that, but that's why people still found, find Chris Brown so problematic. It's not like, it's not that people have a lack of forgiveness or a lack of understanding or a lack of grace. It's that he keeps doing dumb shit consistently. For like every year, for the last 15 years, like every year, every other year, for 15 years, you've been involved in some sort of violent shit and or some sort of rapey shit. Violence, rape, same thing. Like, you want us to stop thinking about it, but you keep getting accused of it. Like, we can't let it go because it's always a discussion with with new details. Bruh, It's, it's not us. It's you. All right, that's the episode. I'm about to go edit. I'm about to go get in this writer's room. Um... We'll be back on Friday. I may have more thoughts about Chris Brown because I don't feel like I'm finished with that just yet. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Oh, my gosh. I'm adopting a puppy right now. But I realize what's at home. Oh, no, I have nothing. Well, except unconditional love. But, yeah, no crate, no pee pads, no dental chews for his little puppy teeth. Before I doubt myself as a new parent, I just get Instacart to deliver everything from PetSmart. Easy. Just like raising a puppy is going to be, right? Get pet essentials from PetSmart with Instacart. Visit Instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.